promised to Abraham and his descendants that they should inherit the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. Come back different times to song by Michael Carr, the Christian musician and songwriter about our saint for today, Saint Joseph. It's Joseph reflecting on the mystery and being overwhelmed somewhat by it. And the refrain line is, Father, show me how I fit into this plan of yours. How can a man be father to the Son of God? Lord, for all my life I've been a simple carpenter. How can I raise a king? How can I raise a king? And there's something of the wonderful humility that's in the heart of that. On the one hand, one who's going to say this is completely beyond me. On the other hand, one who lets go of himself into the Lord's hands. If you've called me to this, you give me the equipment that I need. Apart from you, I can't do this, but if you've called me, I will. And along with the humility goes that mark of obedience in Joseph. I heard someone comment recently that the angel waits upon Mary to get her fiat. Things are set before her and she has to give her yes before things move on, but Joseph is told what he needs to do and he gets up and does it. Both of them wonderfully obedient, but there's that quality in in Joseph throughout the story that he gets on and he does what it is that he's given to do in humility, in obedience. And so in that gospel today, we have him wrestling in the night. He's been confronted now with, with the pregnancy, with the beginnings of this holy mystery. And as he wrestles in the night, the angel speaks to him and a clear word, and he gets up in the morning and does what he's given to do. Commentators regularly talk about that scene with Joseph and describe his struggle with the scandal that is there. The word comes that Mary is pregnant and he doesn't know the source of that. He's betrayed, he's struggling. And yet the description of the scene is not of that. He's not described as being angry, as as being frustrated, as being hurt as feeling betrayed, he's spoken of as being in fear. And at some point I encountered St. Jerome, and every now and again I'm reading St. Jerome and things pop up that I wonder why I haven't heard them before. But Jerome's saying, well, there's no question in the mind and the heart of Joseph about Mary's sanctity, her chastity, her devotedness to the Lord that he doesn't imagine that she's done something that she ought not. He knows, perhaps not her immaculate conception, but he knows that she's been dedicated, knows that she's been consecrated to the Lord, that she is given holy. And his perspective, drawing on what he's received, is that Joseph is overwhelmed by this holy moment and his own unworthiness for what lies ahead. And there's the connection made back into King David who muses how he is worthy to come before the Lord's tabernacle, how he might even presume to touch the ark of the Lord. 
And Joseph, overwhelmed with the holy fear, Lord, it cannot be for me to be in this spot, to be called upon in this way. You cannot entrust these to me. How am I worthy? I don't know what all he has to wrestle with in that one, but again, the angel comes and gives him the direction and in holy obedience, in humble obedience, he takes up that which is given him. Again, trusting that the Lord who calls him will equip him to do that to which he is called. He is the one who is chosen. We go through this with the things of Mary and those of us who come out of more Protestant background often have to deal with things with Mary and the recognition that while we've considered her integral to the scene at the beginning, I mean, she's required for the birth to take place for the Holy Incarnation that we have a tendency then to slip her off to the side as the story unfolds. How much more? Do we do it with Joseph? I mean, he's there. He seems almost like he's the prop in the story. Well, they need him to make that connection with the line of David. But again, if you go back, if you haven't heard Michael Card's song, it's worth going and listening to it. But the musing over this one who is chosen not just to be in in that particular role relative to Mary and the family as a protector, but the one who's to be the model. There is no other man who is chosen to be the model for the incarnate Lord as to what it is to be a man, to be a man of God. The Father is to give a model for the child of the fatherhood of God. What an amazing word that is about Joseph, that he should be chosen of all men that there should be, even as Mary of all women, but to be the one who would be the instructor of Jesus. On one hand, we can all say, well, this is God incarnate, so of course he knows all these things of the Father, and at times we see the depth of wisdom that doubtless astounded his parents. But he really and truly took on our humanity. He really and truly passed through all the stages of life. He really and truly had to learn to walk and to talk and to interact with others. I know there are some of those holy stories about the infant even speaking to the visitors or something, but there's a real humanity that is there. And Joseph is an integral part of that whole teaching him the way of work. And I always want to say, some people think that work was a curse of the garden, a curse of the fall. But work wasn't the curse, it's that fruitless toil. In the garden, surely Adam was sent to to tend the garden, to care for it. But as he poured out his labor, there was a rich fruitfulness that came. Suddenly, as they're cast out of the garden, they're told that thorns and thistles will grow. But you'll struggle. You'll have to, by the sweat of your face, earn your bread. Work is a holy thing. It's a good thing. And Joseph works and teaches his son the value of that honest work of giving oneself to the Lord. Yes, yes, we know this is the holy boy, but he was very much 
a human growing and growing up in godliness. And Joseph was an integral part of that whole. We think of him as the one who brought the Davidic line into the Messianic line, who set up for the fulfillment in Christ. And sometimes it seems almost like it's a contrived bit. You know, it's an adoption. It works in the legal system for the Jews. But surely what he brings is far more than that. David wasn't called to be king because he had a royal line. He wasn't the son of Saul. In fact, he was the contrast with Saul. Here's the man with a heart after my own. And as much as anything else, what King David bequeaths to those who are truly of the line of David is that heart after the Lord. Think about that even with being descendants of Abraham. We're descendants of Abraham not because we claim that lineal descent in our ancestry, but because we've entered into the faith of Abraham. We are David's line because we enter into the heart of the king. And that's the heart of the true king, of the Lord of all creation. We become part of that royal priesthood, that holy nation. Both Joseph and Mary offer that to their son, hearts that are given wholly to the Lord's own. He's sent in likewise to be the protector of the holy family indeed, and think about that one as well. The Lord of all the universe can choose one man whom he would entrust absolutely with his holy family, with the blessed mother, with this holy child, And that's Joseph. When we think about what protector we want in our lives, the one who comes to be known as the terror of demons, how much more ought we to draw upon that resource? To call upon Joseph to stand as father for us. Well, we have Mary as our mother in Jesus. Do we not have Joseph as our human father, as the one to stand with us? as the one who likewise puts the foot upon the head of the serpent to crush it down underneath, to gather us up in his arms, to whisk us off, whether it's to Egypt or back into the land, to the place where God instructs him to take us, to take the Lord's own. On this night, as we remember with thanksgiving, Holy Joseph, we also remember that he does quietly move out of the scene. He's not to be forgotten, but at some of those key moments as we move to the cross, the Father is present, but he's not present in the physical way anymore. But everything of his Son going in that way is surely a way that the Father, who was appointed for him on earth, has set before, has walked before. I know that being a carpenter in the day was more than just working in wood. Might have been in wood and stone, might have been any number of things that he did, but surely when we think of the carpenter and the way that he sets before and we look at the wood of the cross carried, the wood of the cross on which his son is raised up, even as that father would have lifted up his son before the Heavenly Father, 
in love, in adoration, in Father's care. On this night, may we know the One who is not only the Father of the Holy Family, but the patron of the Universal Church, the patron of this Dominion of Canada, and of all of us as we labor day by day to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to follow in that way that the Father and the Mother went likewise. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, this Dominion of Canada and of us as we go on the way, pray Pray for us. us.